Pushkin. Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill-building courses for you to choose from because the steps you choose to take today will help you love what you do in the future. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Beer is deep. It's as old as civilization, older than writing or money, Beer is ritual. Beer is delicious. Beer is a way to get drunk. So here's a question. Can you keep all the ritual and deliciousness of beer and get rid of the getting drunk part? I'm Jacob Goldstein, and this is What's Your Problem? The show where entrepreneurs and engineers talk about how they're going to change the world once they solve a few problems. My guest today is Bill Schufeld, founder and CEO of Athletic Brewing Company, which brews craft non-alcoholic beer. Bill's problem is this. How do you turn non-alcoholic beer from a punchline into a normal thing people drink all the time? When Bill worked in finance in his 20s, he drank at social events several nights a week. He was also really into sports and working out. And around the time he turned 30, he found that drinking was slowing him down. So he stopped drinking. And that, he told me, made his social life much harder. Everywhere I was going after I stopped drinking... When I tried to order a non-alcoholic beer in a loud bar or restaurant, it seemed like the music would stop and 50 people <laughs> would look at me and be like, oh my goodness, is this guy okay? Can he be trusted? Something has happened here. Like, let's try to get to the bottom of it before the night goes on. Everywhere I was going these days, there were just no options on any menu. There were stigmas around any choice you would choose at a group setting, at a social setting. And it just blew my mind that the adult beverage industry hadn't evolved the sophistication of a glass of wine or a nice craft beer or a very well-crafted cocktail. There was just no replacing that. The options were super bleak. Um, even five years ago, there'd been, while the whole grocery store had evolved and the whole bar menu had evolved, there was this one dusty corner of everything that hadn't changed in really 35, 50 years. It had the, the same case of O'Doul's that had been sitting there for 30 years, basically. Yeah. These products somehow survived prohibition and survived right through to the 2000s. Okay. So, so go on. So what happens next? Yeah. I guess the moment where I had the 
actual realization. Me and my wife were walking to dinner and I was yet again complaining. And I just exclaimed, I can't believe that no one has tackled this yet, that someone should make amazing craft non-alcoholic beer that is as good as any alcoholic option out there, both in experience and quality. Um, And when I said that, she just grabbed my shoulder and said, that's an amazing idea. And she had never said that before. We had known each other for 15 years at that point. First amazing idea you'd had in her eyes. Yeah. And um, we immediately, the wheels got turning and we talked about it the whole dinner. We started researching on our laptops when we got back and every data point we pulled up, we were like, wow, this is just a huge opportunity. Or I didn't realize this many people don't drink. Um, And like, I didn't realize how everywhere else except the US that non-alcoholic adult beverages are an enormous market. I... I found myself working on it on nights and weekends and drawing up a business plan and running surveys and calling people in Germany to ask about technology. And it just snowballed for two years straight. And um, so going into 2017, resigned from my my job and went full time on it, which was a pretty shocking moment. Um, (laughs) And especially to work on non-alcoholic beer. There was no market. There was no facilities at the time making great non-alcoholic beer. Uh, we were going to be the first brewery and tap room that did non-alcoholic beer as a pure focus in the country. Now you have this fundamentally a technical problem, right? A kind of kind of an engineering problem, a, a, a brewing problem. You want to make like very delicious, interesting beer that doesn't have any alcohol in it, right? Which is a Which is a technical problem. How do you do it? How do you solve that? Yeah, so I had overwhelming passion, overwhelming delusional optimism, call it. And I thought starting a business was going to be super easy. And here we go. Did you? Did you really? I I think I did. I thought I would be off and running and things scale nicely and there are vendors for everything. And here we go. And I have such respect for anyone who has started any size business out there. It is, there isn't as anyone knows who's built anything, there isn't a single easy step to anything out there at any scale. And it's amazing how, so I'd read every brewing textbook out there under the sun before I quit my old job, but I'd never brewed a beer period, resigned from my job and started to talk to potential brewers, starting to source brewing equipment, contract brewers, everything. And I couldn't believe how much no came at me so fast. (laughs) Meaning everybody just said no every time you asked. Yeah, I'd gone from a firm where I was a customer of three to 500 people. Everyone wanted to talk to us any chance they could get. Sure. You had all the money, right? You were a buyer rather than a seller in your old job, right? And like a phone not being picked up was such a foreign concept to me. And all of a sudden, it it was unbelievable how much outreach I did that just went utterly cold. And I was moving from to a sector that there was literally no interest and people thought no retails, no customers, no anything wanted anything to do with this. I would go to brewing conferences. I was posting applications everywhere I could looking for a co-founder and a brewmaster and did not get one hint of interest. I'd walk into conferences with 10,000 brewers and try to network and grab people. And it was like a middle school dance. I couldn't get anyone to talk to me. And it was just like tons of no's over and over again. And so I eventually stopped talking about non-alcoholic. I just started talking about innovation huh. and took non-alcoholic out of all the job descriptions. And oh, that's interesting. 
Yeah. And that's when John Walker, our co-founder, reached out to me. He was an extremely highly awarded brewmaster in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And our first conversation was, please don't hang up. This is going to sound a little crazy, but if you give me five to 10 minutes and don't say no for three days, like I'd love to revisit this on Monday. And John did give me a good half hour to talk through it. And it's so funny looking back at our first emails. He he was 100% going to say no. And then he's a young father at the time and he loved innovative challenges. And he was the one person who saw the potential impact we were potentially going to have on the world. And before I knew it, he was moving his family across the country from Santa Fe, New Mexico to homebrew in an empty warehouse with someone he didn't really know at all, brewing non-alcoholic beer and like with a big hope for the future. So I know this is more his domain than yours, but so just give me the very basic, like, how do you make non-alcoholic beer? And was it hard to figure out how to make it good? Yes. So um, basically all non-alcoholic beer from 1930s to this day, even 95, 98% of the non-alcoholic beer market is made using the same two or three types of very simple technologies that all don't have a ton of regard for the nuance of fermentation and all the subtleties of like a finely crafted beverage. They all just basically blast it through, torch it, rip out a lot of great things to de-alcoholize it. And And what's the problem with those techniques? Why are they bad? Ultimately, they're just not soft enough and careful enough to protect the nuance of a really finely crafted beverage. So so basically you take you take the the good flavor, the the taste along with the alcohol when you do it like that. Yeah. So so instead of doing that, is it right that what you do is you brew beer, but you just sort of turn the dials in such a way that at the end of the process, instead of having whatever four percent alcohol, the beer has zero point four percent? Yep, exactly. Yeah. So in the fermentation cellar, for example, our beer never goes above 0.5%. Um, in the conditioning tanks, it's refining a finished product that's all under 0.5%. And to, even to the most experienced brewers, if you're walking around in our brewery, most of it you wouldn't say is abnormal at all. It's what we're doing in the tanks with our beers, what's different. So um, do you have IP around your, do you have intellectual property, you have patents on the way you make beer? Is it a trade secret? So like the Coca-Cola formula? So more towards that. It is significant IP for sure. Um, and it is a trade secret, but it is more in the Coca-Cola category where if you go for a patent, you have to publish out there yeah. your patent for yeah. contestion and approval and everything. Yeah. And um, we knew with 10,000 brewers in the country that if we publish how we make our beer, then we're in the business of policing our patent as well. And we would much rather just have it be something that we do proudly internally in our own breweries. And we're super focused on quality, every step of it in-house at Athletic. I mean, the trade secret worked for Coke, still working for Coke. Seems to be for sure. After all that, I don't want to say that making the beer was the easy part. Clearly it wasn't easy. But the next thing that Bill had to do, and frankly, it's a problem he still has not entirely solved, was much harder. That's after the break. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you get there? 
There are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. That dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So it's safe to say it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org wisefriend. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Customers were paying too much for shaving products. So the people at Harry's came up with a way to make beautifully designed razors and sell them at lower prices. Exceptional products at honest prices. I've been using a Harry's razor the last few weeks, and it's great. Close shave. It's got a nice hinge, so it bends around my face in the right places. And I've used the same blade for multiple shaves, and it is still going strong. Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry. They offer a no-risk trial, and Harry's offers a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Here's a headline. Harry's has the best shave at the best price. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3.00 at harrys.com slash problem. That's harrys.com slash problem for a $3 trial set. Now, back to the show. Here's the hard problem Bill is still trying to solve. How do you make non-alcoholic beer normal? How do you make it a thing you can drink without having to explain yourself? How do you make ordering a non-alcoholic beer as easy as ordering a Pilsner or an IPA? And for Bill, all that really comes down to how do you use marketing to change the culture of beer? We knew the marketing side of this would be equally as big as the product side, and yeah. both were going to be enormous challenges. Yeah. Um, on the marketing side, it started with the name. We wanted to make it something that was undeniably positive. And yeah, say the name. Say the name. Athletic Brewing. It's so awesomely on the nose, right? It's so awesomely unsubtle of a name. We wanted it to be undeniably positive, aspirational, not tied to any geography or anything like that. Uh We wanted it to be an easy bar call and then attract high-performance people to the brand. And our hypothesis was if we could make moderation cool and 
within reach of people, our impact would be an untold positive impact on the world. I don't know if I would use the word moderation, right? I feel like one beer is moderate. You know, one one alcoholic beer, like it's not drinking, right? Yeah. So previously, non-alcoholic beer was for people who don't drink ever. Basically, uh-huh. Uh-huh. 80% of our customers do drink, just drink non-alcoholic beer at other times. Huh. And was that, did you know that that's what you were going for? I wanted people to be able to have great beer anytime, anywhere, and have the choice to drink non-alcoholic beer. Like I'm not out to uh-huh. necessarily like kill the alcohol industry. I want people to be able to make their own choices. Um, we're never standing on a soapbox and pointing the finger, condemning people. We just want the options for healthy choices to always be there. Uh And we've found that our customers, while they do still drink alcohol sometimes for the most part, they increasingly drink non-alcoholic beer through all other days and times and occasions, and maybe are swapping in some non-alcoholic drinks as well. So you have this idea, you want to create this aspirational non-alcoholic beer, as opposed to some weird stigmatized thing, which frankly, I think non-alcoholic beer was before. And, and in a way, this is even harder than creating a new category because you have to take a category that has all these negative connotations and, and kind of overcome that. And I know to that end, part of the marketing you have done has been paying college athletes. And paying college athletes is, is a new thing, right? Not just for you, but more generally, because the rules for paying college athletes have changed just in the past few years so that companies can now basically hire them as spokespeople. And so I'm curious, tell me about your work there. Yeah. So college athletes are really exciting because we can talk to athletes of all ages, really. We talk to 21-year-old plus athletes for the most part, to not confuse children. Well, that, that is an interesting question. Uh, let's, just, let's just go there since you mentioned it. Like, is it legal for anybody to to drink y- your beer? Are you making a choice just because you don't want to be like the gateway beer? Like, how does how does that work, kids and non-alcoholic beer? It is in most states totally fine for anyone of any age to drink our beer. We do. It is that candy cigarettes gateway argument, though. Like, it's just a marketing hill we don't want to die on. And okay. so we generally target athletes and um, people we market with of 21 plus and encourage marketing to 21 plus and selling to 21 plus. But okay. of course, anyone in most states can buy our products. Okay. Um, but we thought if we get the coolest high performance athletes on campus to be drinking non-alcoholic beer, like there's really no one better to reach 20 somethings than 20 somethings themselves. And so we've had Athletes like C.J. Stroud, the Ohio State quarterback, Bijan Robinson, the running back at Texas, um, two women on the NCAA uh, South Carolina winning basketball team this year were drinking our beer. And so across a huge range of verticals in the college sports atmosphere, um, I have people drinking athletic beer. To be clear, that's that's marketing you're paying for. You're paying them to be endorsers or spokespeople. Yep, exactly. And then we have So we have a whole range from amateur to paid athletes. We have an amazing ambassador program that started with organic outreach. And we have about 1,500 amateur ambassadors across the country who are just posting for beer and merch and other rewards. And then all the way to paid athletes like JJ Wad and like super elite athletes who have joined our midst over the years as well. And there are much more like traditional marketing assets. When you say traditional marketing assets, what do you mean? Yeah, anything from social media to usage of name and PR, name, image, and likeness, and 
autographs or and we are starting to work up towards organized tv campaigns and media campaigns which is a lot of fun now um most of our marketing efforts from day one were me behind a tent at the finish of any race across the country i did say 70 finish lines the first year we're in business and then our sales team has continued to do that so you would just go to a race with like a trunk full of of your non-alcoholic beer and put it in a cooler and stand there and hand it to people when they finished a, a race, a 10K or whatever? Yeah, tent, table, cooler, draft, or anything like that. Hand out The goal is to hand out thousands of beers every weekend to sweaty people with a smile on their face who might be receptive to hearing about non-alcoholic beer. And I'd usually hear a joke first, and then I'd be like, you can make fun of me all you want if you just try it. And that's when the light bulb would go on. What what was the classic joke? What kind of jokes would people make when you said it's non-alcoholic beer? Like, what's the point? Is this like decaf coffee? Um, yeah, tons of stuff like that. You get tired of what's the point as a question? Well, if if the product wasn't so good and I didn't know I could win them, like it would be exhausting for sure. Uh-huh. But the amount of people I talked to who were like rudely making fun of me to my face 90 seconds before they were basically asking where they can buy it. It was like a a transition that I could have done zillions of times, and I did. And these same people who were making fun of me just before, all of a sudden drinking it, will sit there and you see the light go on and they're like, oh, like I could drink this with my weeknight dinner. I could drink this like, oh, like while I'm golfing or while I'm at the beach with my kids or, you know, maybe I could have two of these before I have alcohol drinks at night and it would pace me out. And like people just started rattling off occasions of when they would consume non-alcoholic beer and when it would exist in their life. Sort of answering the what's the point question themselves in that setting. Yeah. And I know you've mentioned that in Europe, there has long been a big, robust non-alcoholic beer industry. It's a thing there. Um, it's just the European culture towards drinking, um, which... My theory is that they've never had prohibition and never had alcohol strictly taken away. Okay. And so there's a relative indifference to drinking or not drinking and um, societal norms of moderation or daytime cafe culture drinking. So you have a theory that like the culture of drinking in the U.S. right now is still weird, basically different than it is in other parts of the world because of prohibition. Yeah, prohibition, the romanticism of turning 21, uh-huh. um, a whole uh-huh. number of factors where... So like drinking versus not drinking is a more kind of binary, big deal choice here than it is elsewhere. Is that the idea? That's how we frame it, for sure. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, the European non-alcoholic beer market has been big and it's always been big and it's growing fast with the same health trends that are driving it in the US. Okay. But it's starting off a much bigger base where the market's about 25 times the size. And in quite a few countries, it's over 10% of the overall beer market. Wow. Where in the US in 2017, it was 0.3% of the overall beer market. 0.3. And the thing is, people think of non-alcoholic beer as such a small specific market. And my secret thought is I think this is ultimately going to be way over 50% of the market because alcohol makes so little sense in so many times of life. So, so you mean that like regular beer is going to be the niche and like normal beer will be non-alcoholic beer. And I'll be like, oh, you're drinking alcoholic beer. You want to explain that? I think eventually alcohol probably will. Well, alcohol is a niche occasion. It's just that 
It's a big niche right now. Oh, and for, for basically sure. a thousand years of history, alcohol has been a very big niche. For sure. Um, but I think the modern life, there's so many more occasions that make sense for non-alcoholic beverages than alcoholic beverages. Yeah. And we can empower people and make people feel great and relaxed and social and everything without that one ingredient that I think it's going to explode. And I've been murdered in the beer world for suggesting that non-alcoholic beer can even be 20%. I think it's going to be 50%. Yeah. So you, you were creating a category, more or less, trying to almost create a category. I had not previously looked for your beer, but yesterday I was at the grocery store and it was not a fancy grocery store. It was not Whole Foods. It was Food Town. It was a food town in Brooklyn. And not only did they have, I don't know, four kinds of athletic brewing company beer, they had Stella Zero and Heineken Zero and Budweiser Zero and Brooklyn Brewing Company also has a non-alcoholic beer, which I didn't even know existed. It seems like this is becoming a category. And there is this thing happening where you're like, you know, out in front, whatever, cutting the wind, whatever the sports metaphor is. And if you're successful, I guess draft on you is a terrible pun to make in this context, but if you're successful, <laughs> all of these other companies are going to come and start doing what you're doing. And in the same way that suddenly there's a million craft beers on the shelf, if you're successful, there's going to be a million non-alcoholic craft beers all surrounding you literally on the shelf. And I'm trying to figure out, is that good for you or is that bad for you? It's great. Um, so we, we see this as very much a rising tide lifts all shifts. Yeah. yeah. Like you just said, humans have been drinking beer since I think 3,400 BC and Amazing. So th yeah. thousands of years. Yeah. And, but we're getting to like the exponential age in human history where it needs a real reframing about how people think about drinking. And we're trying to do that and really modernize beer for the modern lifestyle. And that's going to be an enormous step function switch in this category. And if we do go to even 10% of the category, there's going to be so much room for every other beer and athletic wouldn't possibly be able to meet every occasion in store. Uh -huh. And then we're going to need a lot of help. So there's a lot of opportunity for everyone. It's the long and short. And we're very thankful for the dedication to the category. We've seen Heineken, Anheuser-Busch, Brooklyn, Sam Adams, and many others have to the category for sure. I mean, I guess if the big fundamental problem you have to overcome for your business to succeed is the stigma, frankly, around non-alcoholic beer, then the more non-alcoholic beers and the better quality non-alcoholic beers, the better for you, weirdly. For sure. If, frankly, we wish we had more help, especially on the marketing front. You want more competition. You want Budweiser to be advertising Budweiser Zero in football games. We do. And they're starting to do it for sure. Uh -huh. um, so you want your rivals to be spending more on advertising. These are companies that are competing against you and are right next to you on the shelf. We would kill for it. There is, I think, an interesting precedent for Bill's story. And it goes back to the 1960s. At the time, a U.S. brewer tried to sell this low-calorie diet beer. Unsurprisingly, it was a flop. Nobody wanted diet beer. It was like what people always said to Bill about non-alcoholic beer. What's the point? Miller, the Miller Brewing Company, wound up with the rights to the beer. And in the 1970s, they launched it as Miller Lite. 
they had this famous ad campaign with athletes talking about how they like to drink Miller Lite when they're doing, you know, manly, active things because it's less filling than regular beer. Today, Miller Lite is the third best-selling beer in America. And the two beers that outsell it are Bud Light and Coors Light. We'll be back in a minute with the lightning round. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you get there? There are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. That dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So it's safe to say it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash wisefriend. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. It's nice to work hard some of the time, and then it's also nice to take a break. But as an investor, you want your money to be working for you all of the time. And that is what the Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app can help your money do. Betterment has automated technology, things like low-cost ETFs, which are basically cheap, efficient ways to invest. And if you're parking some of your money in cash, Betterment offers a high-yield cash account where your money can earn 11 times the national average. Betterment also offers automated rebalancing. They keep your money balanced across asset classes like stocks and bonds in the way that you want. So you're not always having to decide, oh, I need to buy some more of this or sell some more of that. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Now let's get back to the show. Let's close with a lightning round. Fast cool. questions. You can answer them fast. Um, in what year will I see a national athletic brewing ad and an NFL game? So we did some March Madness ads for our new athletic light beer this past March, but we our second half 
media plan this year will be our first coordinated, like real advertising campaign. This year, if I'm watching whatever, Tony Romo calling a game, we'll break and we'll see an athletic ad that's going to happen. I hope so. Yeah. Um, What's the farthest you've ever run in one day? Uh, I've done a number of 50K races. 50K. For our American listeners, that is what, about 30? 32 miles or so. Longer than a marathon seems really long. Slow and steady the whole way. I know you don't drink alcohol anymore, but when you did, what was your favorite non-alcoholic beer? I would say Sierra Nevada Pale Ale is incredible. Maybe it's just because I'm from California, but I feel like Sierra Nevada was pretty early in the sort of craft beer universe. Yeah, Ken Grossman was the pioneer who set the road for everyone, essentially, in so many ways. Ken Grossman is the Sierra Nevada person. Founder, yep. Yeah, he took it from home brewing to an absolutely world-class company, and everything they do and every beer they make is super high quality. Do they make a non-alcoholic beer? Not yet. I know they're working on it yet, though. And that would be kind of a dream to have them come into the category. Do you think the Athletic Brewing Company is going to ever make anything other than non-alcoholic beer as a product? We do. Uh, So we launched on our e-commerce platform last year our day pack um, hopped sparkling waters. And so that's going after a different daytime occasion where so beer Maybe like beer isn't something people have any day everywhere. We wanted something people can drink all throughout the day, reach people in a different aisle of the grocery store in the sparkling water aisle. And so that's our first emerging brand on the athletic platform name, essentially. So is it sparkling water that tastes a little bit like beer? I'm sorry that I haven't tried it. Sounds weird, frankly. It sounds weird. I'm going to be honest, but I'm interested. It's very lightly fruited, lightly hopped. So it almost has like a bit of like a juniper overtone to like the light fruitiness. Um, Do you think you're going to run athletic forever? Or do you think you'll do something else at some point? I didn't have a ton of ideas and chose one. Like this is my idea and my mission and the impact I want to have. And I can't see myself ever being able to turn it off. Bill Schufelt is the founder and CEO of Athletic Brewing. Today's show was produced by Edith Russolo, engineered by Amanda K. Wong, and edited by Robert Smith. I'm Jacob Goldstein, and I would love to know who else you think we should book for the show. You can email us at problem at pushkin.fm. That's problem at pushkin.fm. Or you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Jacob Goldstein. We'll be back next week with another episode of What's Your Problem? Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome.
Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.